Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. today with Reba and we are talking we're continuing our series uh, breaking the mold shattering limiting beliefs and I think I love this I, I've loved these conversations so far and so much of it is tied into um, instead of saying that's who we are we're saying this is who God made us to be and who we are mm. in him and so I think that's so as we dive into this next uh, this next topic, I think it's really important to get that identity and worth out there immediately because we're going to be talking today about codependence and what it looks like and how to identify it, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and what a huge topic, right? This is a buzzword in yeah. our world. We, we hear a lot about codependency, 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 but what the heck does this mean? And, yeah. and you know, how does it apply in my everyday life? Where do I find myself leaning into these patterns in my life? Uh, because they definitely are unhealthy patterns. Right, and exactly. so for us to identify these unhealthy patterns and then to be able to shore this up in a way that's biblical and sound really helps us to be uh, rooted deep. You know, it really does. Exactly. And see, last uh, our last podcast was about addictions not necessarily, uh, we didn't talk about drug and alcohol. We talked about everyday addictions mm-hmm. that many of us, or, you know, these impulses or compulsions that we have. And so many of the things that we talked about in the last podcast are really going to also continue on here because again, it goes back to the why it goes back to the, mm-hmm. um, to the worth and, you know, our worth and, and as we're, as we're continuing on. And so, and, and some of the steps are going to be similar, I think, um, as we Mm -hmm. continue on. So I think all of these things are building blocks in when we're shattering, you know, what keeps us back and what keeps us from, from understanding who we are in Christ. So let's dive in, Reba, what is codependency? And for those of us who, for those of us who haven't, you know, got, didn't study psychology or didn't go to your class uh, years ago when you were, uh, when Ah. you were, teaching, you know, teaching psychology uh, on the college level, what in the world are we talking about? Because we do hear it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think simple. I mean, let's let's just get it out of the weeds and really make it simple. I just think it's a pattern of behavior. Now, this is key, pattern. Mm-hmm. So this is not a one-off. Yeah. This is a, this is a pattern of behavior um, where one person relies heavily on another person for their emotional well-being and for their self-worth, their self-identity, they identify solely through that person. So it, you know, it often involves a very unequal balance in a relationship. When you see that relationship, whether it's a friendship or whether it's a marriage or what it might be, there's an unequal balance in that relationship where one person becomes excessively focused on meeting the needs of the other person. Right. And exactly. so as simple as we can get it, I think that kind of sums it up. Yeah. And so we're not talking about necessarily, we're not talking about, you know, there are times and um, for example, my husband and I, he, we were just talking about this last night. Oh, poor thing. He cannot boil water. And so he's like, man, if anything ever happened to you, I would be lost. Uh, we're not talking about 
We're not talking right. about that type of thing. Um, we're talking about it specifically. It's a very sacrificial, one-sided, everything you, everything I do, I do it for you. You know, going back yeah. to Brian Adams song. Yeah, there we go. Um, back in the, <laughs> that was uh, flashback. Flashback right? 80s. <laughs> um, now, so I'm so sorry if, if some of you guys, that's going to be in, in your head all day long. But it's it's one of those things where there is an, a 100% giver and then there's a 100% taker. And um, the codependent relationship and, and your identity and your emotional well-being, like you said, is just wrapped up. If they feel bad, I feel bad. If they, you know, if if they're, I, I have to, you know, and again, we, there's a, Reba mentioned the word balance and we talked about balance last week. And I know that when Gary comes home from, um, I, I listen to the way he opens the door. Cause I'm like, is he going to be, you know, it, not because I'm going to be, if he walks in the house upset, I'm automatically going to be upset. I'm going to do everything I can to, to, um, to make him feel better. It's I'm, I'm going to change maybe how I say, Hey, how you doing? You know, is there anything I can do? Because I think that's a balanced relationship. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried for myself, I'm worried for him. And the difference would be if somebody is, you know, if somebody comes in, they're automatically there and their emotions will change mm -hmm. um, based on, based on how that other person uh, is reacting. And that's, and, and, and that's where we've lost ourselves. That's where our identity um, is gone. And, yeah, and, no, and what does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when uh, some signs of codependency, which I think will help us kind of better even define it or, or mm -hmm. kind of put it in a box a little bit better is when I feel responsible for another person's happiness. Yeah. I feel responsible to solve their problems. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now, I mean, so there's a sense of that responsibility word is strong. It, it's not just that I, I'm sad for them. It's not just I'm empathetic or sympathetic towards their, their crisis points or that. No, this is a feeling of responsibility for other people's happiness. I feel my job is to help make you happy. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a different thing uh, yeah. than, than the other. It, it also neglecting your own needs yeah. right. um, in order to prioritize someone else's. Now you say, no, Reba, I thought the Bible teaches to put ourselves last and to put other people first. Yes, obviously there's a servant principle in scriptures that we should follow. No, no question. Should yeah. we serve others with a loving and, and a joyful spirit and a great heart? Absolutely. But in a codependent relationship, what you find is that there is no attention to the needs at all of the person who is codependent on the other. And the only thing they can do is serve the other to a excessive extent. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, this is, this is not a, this is not a biblical thing here. Th this is uh, a dangerous thing actually here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then also we could also find not only are we feel responsible for other people's happiness, we neglect our own needs to an extreme degree, but also that we have very difficulty in setting boundaries and saying no, even when we should say no. Right. The answer yeah. is no. There's no question what the answer is. It's no. However, I can't say no to you because I feel responsible to make you happy. You see how this cycles back around? And so therefore, yeah. because I, because I know this is going to make you happy, I can't say, I never can say no to you, even though the answer should truly be no. Um, and, and then the last one, I think that would connect these all together would be that I value your approval more um, than my own feelings. I, I got you, you 
loving me or you believing in me or you saying I'm good or whatever you, your approval is the end all be all for me and I'll do anything to get that so that feeling of you know that all of these things kind of roll up into this mm -hmm. recipe for a codependent disastrous relationship and it's interesting because when when you look at these are the type of feelings when you say I want your approval or what I want I, I want what you want. These are the things that we want to say to God. And mm. so a codependent person mm -hmm. has replaced Absolutely. God with the, with the person that they're, that, um, that they're in that relationship with to the, to their own detriment, because, um, obviously to the neglect of them, of their, of themselves, to the neglect of other, other relationships. At some Absolutely. point, this becomes one of those things where family, family members and friends are like, wait a minute, hang on, you know, and those people don't exist anymore, or those people exist to a much lower level. Um, especially in a codependent relationship and that type of uh, toxicity. And, and I, I remember, I remember putting the warning signs in um, to, to a, a friend of mine. I was like, um, this is what I'm seeing. This is, I, this is what I'm hearing from you. And I was trying to reflect it back on her to say, Hey, listen, I think you're in uh, this relationship with this person and it is, it is codependent. And I, you're the, and and I remember them literally throwing me out of their, out of, out of their space, like their yep. apartment, you know, mm -hmm. get out, go away, you know, and that, and that was like, well, you just really 100% proved my point. <laughs> Number one, right. I didn't feel good about that, but I was like, I guess I was right, you know, but at the same time, I just, I really started praying and praying because I recognize all of those things that you just said. I recognize that in that person. And it's very possible that in my thinking, you know, Hey, I've got the right answer. I'm going to, I'm going to step in, you know, and, and mm. save you. Uh, I, I probably at 100% handled it wrong. Um, but at the same time, I really, I saw that and, and then I, you know, and then I became hyper aware in other cases. I'm like, okay, you know, and after studying, after spending a lot of time with, with my counseling buddies like you, um, and understanding those type of healthy, what, what a healthy relationship look, looks like, versus right. what an unhealthy relationship and, and, and seeing, okay, I see the sign and it's so easy to see it in somebody else. It's so hard to see it in yourself. You know, mm, how do you, yeah, how so do true. you recognize that? Am I, am I smack dab in the middle of, you know, yeah. am I codependent? Yeah. Cause really when, what we're talking about is when a person becomes an idol. Yeah. You know, uh, when they become an idol in your life and we know that biblically, when we put anything before God in our life, that's an idol. Yeah. You know, and my pastor just preached on this just last Sunday. You know, anything before God is an idol in our life. And that's people too. And so when a person becomes an idol, you usually have the mark, the, the setup for a strong codependent relationship. And uh, I think that for some of us, you know, we, depending on, why the relationship or the basis of the relationship, you know, some of us are rescuers by nature. Mm. You know, yeah. we were, we came into the world fixers, yeah. fixers right? We want to rescue people. We want to fix people. And we don't have time in this podcast to get to the roots of all of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, um, you know, but the bottom line is many times these people are jumping in, uh, they, they, they look for relationships that they can help somebody fix somebody mm. And it makes them feel mm -hmm. now this is the twisted sense of it all. Yeah. It makes you feel 
worthy mm-hmm. if you yeah. fixed somebody. So this is this yeah. is where it gets really twisted in, in all of it. However, you know, those are people like that. Uh, if you find yourself being that kind of person is, you know what I, you know, I love, man, when I see something that's broken, I want to go fix it. I, I want to jump in. Even if I'm not invited, I'll jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I will, um, because I, I, I want to do that. Then, then you might be one of those people that you could mm-hmm. easily fall into a codependent relationship. Right. Um, yeah. you know, and, and for some, you know, early fi- family dynamics, um, and upbringing can play a real role in developing mm-hmm. these traits. Um, a lot of times traumatic experiences can also, uh, cause problems here or a lack of maybe a healthy role model, um, you know, in their childhood, whether it be a healthy role model as a father. And so therefore you've got a girl who leans into codependent relationships with men because she had an unhealthy relationship or a, an unhealthy role model as a father. Um, you know, you can do the same thing with guys, you know, on the flip side. And so I think these are all kinds of, these are things back in our, you know, in our history that can say, maybe these are reasons why I lean into these tendencies. These are reasons why I might be like this or have susceptibility to this. Um, I know I talk with a lot of young women who go through, uh, you know, they, they have a real sense of a lack of, of who they are and they're very insecure in who they are. Mm And they've placed their worth, you know, for a lot of them, it starts, well, I'm going to place my worth in, in a guy, guy, having a relationship with a guy, that means I'm beautiful. That means I'm worth something. And so they go down the path of in high school of having multiple relationships, brokenhearted, 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 brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that brokenhearted path, they feel like, you know what, I, I'm just, you know, I'm not worth I'm not this, I'm not that. So all of a sudden they meet a a girl who's a friend and that girl suddenly is like, oh, I value you. I think you're worthy. I think you're all of this. All of a sudden now they need that and they crave that so bad that suddenly now that person, that girl now becomes the the end all be all, the the idol of their life because they're Mm -hmm. so broken over all the stuff that's happened in the past. And Allison, this is the path that I see so many times in counseling. How do young women step into homosexuality? This is the path I see over and over and over again as brokenness leads to codependent relationships with other girls, uh, if it's a girl. And then all of a sudden that idle relationship that they have becomes unhealthy. And that unhealthiness leads to a continued path of, oh, well, I guess I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, my whole because, problem yeah. has been, I'm just gay. And then yeah. we suddenly, oh, now, okay, wait a minute. Now I got to find a, it's, oh, it must be okay for me to be gay then. And mm-hmm. now we, and you know, when we do have a, we, ha- we have some people, you know, they're saying, oh, it's biblical and whatnot. And that's not our topic today. But what I want you to understand is codependent relationships are usually birthed out of something else that leads to the reasons we have we we're susceptible to them and then they become they can become so toxic and so unhealthy that they can cause us to go a direction that is totally unbiblical and think in a way that is totally unbiblical all because we're trying somehow to say i'm worthy right exactly and it goes back to even before our addiction talk it goes back to that identity Mm -hmm. Um, that we, that's why we started this whole, this whole breaking the mold. That's why we started it with identity. 
because so much of it, my worth and my identity, is it wrapped up in how I make this other person feel or is it, is it wrapped mm-hmm. up in, in their success and in their, and, and what they say about me. And, um, mm-hmm. and I love the song. I am who you say I am, you know, um, talking about God, we have to get back to our identity in Christ. And, and are we caring when we care for somebody? Because, you know, I wanted to fix my friend's relationship, but not because I wanted to make myself feel better. I was trying to fix it for, because, um, because I cared about them. Yeah. Now it's different if I'm trying to go in and fix somebody because that's going to make me feel like, you yeah, know, and, that, and then that's, that's where it's mm-hmm. there. That's where it's imbalanced. And when I'm responsible for someone else's uh, emotional, mental, uh, physical well-being, if I'm responsible for them and, and that's, that's so unhealthy. And, and like you well, said, impossible, it's, Allison. it's impossible. It is impossible. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it goes on for a while. It does go on for a while. Yes. We've seen people sacrifice themselves mm-hmm. for that other person, but it does, it, it, it breaks down eventually um, into either abuse or uh, it just, it goes, it's like you said, it's impossible because um, that on the person on the other side is like, okay, I like this person taking care of me. I'm never going to let them go. I'm going to always make them feel like they're not quite enough. And I'm going to continue the cycle in them. Um, obviously the, the, that the codependent person is, is like, Oh, thank goodness. They told me I'm good. I'm going to get more of that feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I'm going to continue to do more for that person because I enjoy the feeling of worth that they're finally giving up. I never had before. Um, and so that's one of the, that's one of the issues um, with codependency, because it's so circ, it's so cyclical. It's so, mm-hmm. um, it just, it continues the vortex. I feel like it's, it's more of a vortex than a circle. It's just, it just kind of pulls, continues yeah. to pull stronger and stronger to where a, eventually a person does not know who they are without mm-hmm. that other person, without that other person's approval, oh, without absolutely. that other person. And, and that's where you're just like, oh, you know, and, um, and, but how, let me ask you a question. Because I've, I've always struggled with, you know, people are, I always, when somebody says they're a people pleaser, I'm like, oh, you know, and I, my little, my little antennas go up because I'm always like, oh, are they codependent? Mm-hmm. What is the difference? Um, what is the difference between a fixer, maybe a, a people pleaser? Because a lot mm-hmm. of us are people pleasers um, and, and a codependent person. And, and where is that? What, how does that, what does that look like? Yeah, well, I think, you know, a lot of times when we look at the the motivation behind or the connections behind, a lot of times people that are just people pleasers and it's really, it's all about us yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, and when a lot of times people pleasing is, is really, it has selfish motives behind all of it. it it's, it's about, you know, I want to feel better about myself, or I want to feel better about my situation, or I want to, you know, I want to be able to say, um, I've got myself to, you know, I, everybody I loves yeah. me and I can fix it or whatever. Um, the, the last thing I am is I'm, I'm usually not prioritizing other people's needs over my own. Yeah. A people pleaser is prior to right. the op, it's the opposite of that. Okay. Um, I just want to please, I want to please everybody so that everybody feels good about me. Um, yeah. you know, and I also, you know, necessarily when I want to please, please people, it's because I want that. I kind of want that reflection to bounce back on me and make me look better. Um, yeah. So it's in my own, it's, it's based on my own insecurities mm-hmm. uh, for who That's I am. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. And when you look at a codependent person, you have a very person who's willing to sacrifice themselves. Yeah. And they're really willing to vanish. Yeah. 
in order to, um, you know, I, sometimes I think about it like this in, in their minds and in, in the mind of a codependent, they're God to someone else and someone else is God to them. Yeah. Uh, this person cannot survive without me. Therefore I'm, I'm, I'm God to them, but they're God to me because I'm willing to sacrifice everything I have and am for them. And I will always put them first, no matter what. And in that spot, they're God to me. And yeah. usually when you get over to people pleasers or people who are just like, you know what, I just want everybody to be happy. I want everybody, you know, I don't like conflict or whatever. Mm -hmm. are, are, do they have some threads? Those are some similar threads in, 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 and they're a trail to codependency, but as a whole, yeah. um, you know, that can also be, uh, you know, a different motivator uh, and a different reasoning behind, Hey, I just, you know, I just really want, I want everybody to think I'm awesome. Or, yeah. you know, I, I want to, you know, I want to, I want people to like me. I want to move my way up or, or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, you can say, eh, you know, the motivator uh, mm -hmm. and, and is really sometimes the determiner of whether I'm looking at a codependent person, or if I'm just looking at somebody who happens to just really, it's, it's really all like, about them. Yeah. Like a parade. And that, I mean, that's helpful. How do we identify how do I identify at this, you know, I'm feeling unstable or I'm feeling yeah. a little, you know, how do I know if I've crossed the line into codependency? Because yeah. like you said at the beginning, like, what is it? Okay. What does a healthy relationship look like versus what is that? What does a codependent relationship mm -hmm. look like? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, helping us define a healthy relationship is, is it may be really helpful here. Mm -hmm. So let's say, what is a healthy relationship? Okay. Um, and that's, I think that's the, that's the kind of, let's make that the, the mark that we lay everything else next to. So yeah. a healthy relationship, if we define that, is when both people have their own identities, okay? Mm -hmm. they one, own, number one. Yeah. Yes, they have their own identities, okay? They can support each other without losing their identity, mm -hmm. okay? So in a healthy relationship, you have two individuals that have their own identities and they can support each other. They can be friends. They can have a relationship but they can support each other without losing their own identity. Um, also, I think communication and respect and mutual understanding are the foundations of a balanced relationship. Mm -hmm. So you can disagree with one another. You can kind of, you can hold each other accountable. You can, you have this, you know, we both respect each other. Right. Okay. Um, in the codependent relationship, most of the time, the taker has little to no respect for the giver. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the giver has the ultimate respect for the taker. Yeah. That Okay, whoa, wait a minute. That's a problem, right? Yeah. Um, in the codependent relationship, you don't have your own identity. Your identity is totally wrapped up in them. Whoever they are is who you are. You know, uh, there's that, uh, Julia Roberts was in that movie. Uh, and oh man, Allison, you'll probably remember it because you're better at this than I am, but she couldn't decide how she liked her eggs. Oh yeah. Um, yes. And I, I can't yes. remember it. Yeah. But she was runaway getting bride. married and yes. she had cold yeah. feet. What was runaway it again? Bride. The runaway, runaway bride. bride. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is a great illustration of mm -hmm. a, a little, it's simple, but it's an illustration in, yeah. in that movie. Every boy that she dated, however, that he liked his eggs was the way she liked her eggs. Right. Okay. So when she dated one guy, he liked his scrambled. She liked her scrambled, you know? And so she goes all the way through and, and there's a scene in this movie where it's like, 
how do you like your eggs? Yeah. And so and she she's got, yeah. she didn't know. And so she she's know. got all these plates of eggs out here and she's tasting each one, making a decision on honestly, not because of them, but because of me, how yeah. do I like my eggs? Yeah. And this is a perfect illustration of an unhealthy relationship a little bit because, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have an identity, you know, um, however yeah. they like it is the way I like it. it yeah. If, 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 if they are, you know, if they like to go to the beach, I may hate the beach before I met them, but now I love the beach, yeah, right. uh, you know, and you know, if they love their eggs scrambled, that's the way I, I eat my eggs, even though I don't like my eggs scrambled, I do now. And, yeah, and so yeah. I really don't have a thought about what I like or dislike outside of whatever, whatever they like is what I like, whatever yeah. they don't like is what I don't like. Right. Mm -hmm. So as I look at a healthy relationship, oh my goodness, Allison, you know, that's not that. I mean, in a healthy relationship, it's like, no, I like, I like this. Yeah. I, I, you like that. I like this. And it's okay that we're different. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's mutual fit sacrifices. I know that yeah. there's times when it's like, Hey, I want to go here. I really don't like that place, but yeah, let's go there, you know, because yep. at, and at, you know, in that mutual sacrifice That's and right. mutual respect, it's like, I, I don't really like this, but today for you, Absolutely. We're going to do this, but and then and the healthy. other person is going to be like, next time, Hey, I remember, you know, it's, and it's, and this is, I know eating and, and restaurant choosing is simple, but those are, these are these tiny little things that kind of help us identify in a bigger way. Um, you know, where that, when that person is there, is there one person that's sacrificing and there's one person that's taking, you know, and is that, that balance is off and why am I constantly sacrificing? Is it just because it's just easier and I'm just, I don't want to want complex. I just want to keep the peace. Or is it because my identity is really 100% wrapped up and my worth is 100% wrapped up in what this person, how this person is feeling and what this other person wants. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and, and definitely that definitely will help, help us as we are, um, as we're looking at our relationships, at our friendships, um, or, or, um, romantic relationships and, and seeing, am I sacrifice? Am I the only one sacrificing here? Yeah. And, and I think too, you know, in, in communication, as we, as we communicate with one another, you know, there's a sense where, um, you know, and I've seen this played out where they don't, you don't have a thought. They have all the thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So somebody may ask you a question and it's like, you know, the, the one person speaks for, yeah you you don't have a thought um, or the other person looks at that person before they talk oh absolutely I've, I've, I've seen that before yeah absolutely i'm not gonna say anything because <laughs> your mood i don't know what to say yeah your mood can, mm. i i want to make you happy and i want you to be happy and, and i don't want to set you off and yeah. um and so therefore i'm just going to defer always to you so that you can be always happy um, yeah. and I'll, I'll sacrifice and not be happy. So you can always be happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a balance to this. Yes. Do, do relationships cost and are they sacrificial? Most definitely. Yeah. But we're not talking about a balanced relationship of give and take. We're talking about one, you said it at the beginning, we're talking about one person who is taking a hundred percent and the other person who's giving a hundred percent. And there is an unhealthy mental, emotional, and physical connection here that is, that really has nothing in it, but bad things to come. Right. Exactly. And I, you know, and I, I remember there was a time, even in our friendship, Reba, that I was constantly needing. And I, I don't know if you remember me saying this. I'm like, okay, there's gotta be a point where, um, 
you know, but I was just at a time in my life that I was like, listen, you know, I need a buddy and I need to be able to, you know, and, and thankfully you were, you were there, but I mean, we've switched. It's not, it, it, it hasn't oh, been always there. And, and I, and I think that that, that happens in the ebb and flow of friendship. There is going to be a friend that's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm really struggling through something for several, you know, and that, but I knew at the bottom, I knew at the, at the, at the end of that, what your motivation was care for me. And mm-hmm. then, and eventually, and then thankfully, I mean, I, I hate to say it this way, but thankfully you had a problem and you called me and I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm so sad. I, I was really sad that you had a problem, but at the same time, I'm like, like okay, we're balancing out because right, right. we have a healthy friendship. And, um, because I was, I was feeling like I was that taker, <laughs> taker, taker. And, um, but, but that was a, that was a, and, and there are times even, um, even as a missionary in ministry, we are, we are the people that constantly give and we always have to be careful that it's not, um, we become everybody's God or we become, you know, mm-hmm. what, and our identity cannot be wrapped up in, you know, and, and there, and, and I think there was a, there was an article a few years ago about a group of, of, um, and I, it was, I had, I cannot remember the country, um, but it was a group of nationals that band together and, and took up an offering and gave a missionary an, an offering for something that they needed. And the missionary's like, wait, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm supposed to always be the giver. And then the, the missionary, the, then the, the nationals were like, well, then you haven't done a good job of, of mm-hmm. developing a relationship because if you're always the, 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 the giver, then, you know, and they were trying to explain mm-hmm. to him how important it is for, for, for him not to be their God. And I, and I think in a, in a codependent relationship, when our worth, and it happens in the ministry a lot, when our yeah. worth is taken up by, um, by what we're doing for that other person. Um, and then to the point where, you know, and, and we can lose ourselves so quickly. Um, but in a relationship, it's just interesting because I think you and I, uh, over our counseling years, and you more than me, um, not because you're older, but just because mm-hmm, um, I heard that uh, just have way more experience than I do. Way more when mm-hmm. you <laughs> when you ex- when you look at these relationships and you think, oh, that person doesn't even know who they are anymore, right? Because it's wrapped up in that in 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 the taker. Um, it's it's sad. So what what is there? How do you counsel them out of that, or how do you say, okay, here's how we start. Number one, identifying it. Number one, you know, mm-hmm. seeing um, how do how do we how do we look at that? Is there you know? And this is and this is another thing. Codependency does not. There's not a pill to fix it. There's no, not there's medication. Not. Thank goodness. Um, this is gonna okay. take, right. You know, um, there's going to take some work, and it's going to yes. take some some introspection. So what does it look like? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know that I have, I don't, I know that I'll have all the answers because it, it, in every, in every situation, there's nuances, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but there's some basic tenets that I think uh, structures that we can kind of follow. And obviously, the first one we've mentioned it so many times is recognizing the signs. Yeah. Um, and that's the first step towards change is recognizing the signs um, of a code uh, of codependency and where you have, you know, where you struggle. And then I think the other thing is, is learning to set the boundaries, healthy boundaries. And we can talk about these kind of, we can break these out and make these bigger, but I mean, just in these little bullet point type things, when I recognize I've got some issues, now I'm looking to try to set some boundaries because that's really what I have failed to do is set some healthy boundaries. 
And then I, then I've got to turn and focus on, um, in a healthy way, I need to focus on me in a healthy way, yeah. spiritually, emotionally. Yeah. Um, I need to focus on my, my own personal growth. I need to focus on what, what's going on with me. Why, why in the world, how did I get here? And what, what is it that, you know, that made me lean into this? And maybe it's something that is, is repetitive with me. I can see a habit in my life that I tend to lean into these types of relationships. Um, I have you know, this and, down as put your mask on first. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, like on yeah, the airplane the whole, when the it airplane, comes down, like, right? You're gonna play if you're if you've got somebody that needs help, get your mask on first and take care of yourself. Then, right, and then you know, help then you can kids. work on yeah. to help your kids. Yeah, it's the yeah, same ex- thing. Like identify, look at mm-hmm. because you've stopped looking at yourself. You've stopped, and this is not selfish. You mm-hmm. you really do need to to make sure that you understand what's going on in your own life apart from. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. Because I think spiritually, you know, I think people a lot of times, Allison, in, in years of counseling, some people do this. They fight back with scripture on this one. Mm-hmm. They just oh, I, yeah. they in their minds, they're serving, they're sacrificing, mm-hmm. and they're doing Loving all these things, another, and they're another, wrapping yeah. up this thing in a spiritual envelope. And a lot of times, they'll go to verses like Galatians six two. Well, does the Bible say carry the burdens of others yeah. and uh, you know, that way we fulfill the law of Christ. And I'm like, well, yeah, but notice, notice it says carry each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you want to use that verse. That's fine. Let's go use that verse. But wait yeah. a minute. Now, what I want to know is, is this other person in the relationship? Right. Do they carry your burdens? Mm-hmm. Right. And if yeah. you're going rarely, sometimes never. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait. Okay. Wait a minute then. Then, then, then you we're really not applying this verse because this verse doesn't say you carry everyone else's burdens. In fact, the only time scripture says that is Christ says, come to yeah, me if you're heavy laden yeah. and I will carry you. Christ is the only one in scripture who says, come and bring everything to him and he'll carry it. Everything else is, uh, you know, we, 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 we work together. So yeah. I think from a biblical standpoint, first of all, is that person that you are in a relationship with do they carry their burdens to Christ? Do they lean on you or do they lean on the Lord? If they're not, if they're not leaning on the Lord and they're bringing all their burdens to Christ and they're expecting Christ to meet their needs instead of you, then guess what? That's unhealthy, you yeah. know, and, and, or, or is it flipping it on you? Are, is it, is this a two way street or is this a one way street? Mm-hmm. You know, it, well, it's not biblical if it's a one way street, right. um, exactly. you know, and, you know, even in first Corinthians chapter six talks about our bodies being the temple of the Holy spirit. And a lot of times we think about this when it comes to exercise or food or other things, but, but, you know, you got to think about these things, you know, God says, honor God with your body. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a value here that, that Christ is putting on the temple and, and who, what is the temple? Well, that's, that's, that's our physical being. Right. And so when we see that we have to wait a minute, if that's true and God puts that value and that precious honor upon that, then I have a responsibility to take care of my temple. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I, oh, well, yeah. So I try to eat right. No, no. That's in all areas of my life. Yeah. Not, not just how I eat, not just how I exercise, but that is also in my emotional life. And that's also in, in my mental life. And I have a responsibility to take care of the temple. And that's just as biblical as taking care of going to the doctor or whatever it might be. Um, so I think that, um, we don't ever want to become God 
We don't, we don't ever want to set into the seat of God for someone else. And we sure don't want to let somebody else become God in our own lives. Right. And um, so I think let, let's just, let's just go ahead and address. There's not a biblical argument that you're going to come up with to justify <laughs> your behavior. Right. Exactly. Okay. Cause you're twisting scripture. If you think you you've got one. Yeah. And, and there are, and it's interesting when we, when we talk about understanding who we are and maybe standing up for ourselves or, or, or stepping into this truth of who God says we are, um, that is going to require all of a sudden that's going to require a boundary. That's going to require the word. No, that's going to require a little bit of separation, especially Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's a relationship or, uh, you know, a relationship that is, that is, kind of put all the other relationships on the back burner, that's going to require, um, understanding. And, and so I think when we, we say the word boundaries a lot, we're going to be talking about that, um, in, in the next few podcasts, just how do we do that? And and what does that look like? But it also requires saying no, it requires to listening to what the Lord says, who we are. Um, I have, I just have a few steps here, you know, start by telling yourself the truth of your worth Mm -hmm. based on, based on the word of God taking small steps to separate, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not separate from the, not break up necessarily, unless that's needed, but just to say, Hey, wait a minute, you know, we're our own person here. I can, you know, let's, that's I, right. I can make a decision or I can, I'm going to spend time with these friends or I'm going to spend time with my family that I haven't seen in forever because I've been so focused on you. Um, it, it's standing up for yourself or defending yourself and yep. creating those boundaries and then learning to everyone's going to say no. And if it's just, if this is still, difficult, which it probably will be. This is when I feel like, um, this is when you do need a support group or a sponsor or an an accountability friend to say, what are you seeing? Here's what I'm, you know, uh, and has the, or has there somebody that that's already said something and you're like, wait a minute, I feel like somebody said that to me a while back. Yeah. Maybe I should go call them. Oh, absolutely. You know, I've never seen in, in my years of counseling in this area, I have never seen anyone successfully come out of a codependent relationship without a support system. Yeah. Yeah. If you fail to build a support system, you will not come out because you you're in isolation mode and isolation mode is a feeder for codependency, not, not a breaking of codependency. So you've got to have a support system. Uh, and, and that could be friends, that could be family, that could even be, you know, counseling or you know, somebody that speaks into your life. Uh, a supported group could be that. Okay. But these are people who understand the situation and are encouraging your journey and are holding you accountable, helping you to set boundaries, helping you to 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 understand your situation and to show you maybe what you can't see because you've got these, you've gotten into such a pattern of thinking and it's wrong thinking that you actually believe the lie. Uh, yes, that's very exactly. possible for all of us to do. And, and so I have to begin to see for, see it for what it really is. And I can't tell you how many people, I, I, after they get out of it, they look back and they're like, I never saw it until I got out of it. I never right. really saw it until yeah. I got out of it. And so that's why we need a support system. There's got to be people in our lives that love us and speak truth in our lives. And whether you see it or not, um, you know, may not be may not be the issue at this point. It may, it may just be the steps that you need to take, learning, like we said, to say no. Um, and then practicing some independence here, yeah. uh, you know, developing yeah. some independence, uh, whether it's interest or hobbies or things that you do that you don't, that you do have an individuality here, uh, finding right. yourself again. And that may be kind of that Julia Roberts moment where you actually have to pull out every kind of egg in the world the and eggs, say, which yeah. one do I really like? Uh, right. Because I don't know anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think these are things that are just vital um, and, and expect, expect strong pushback. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Because now um, you're taking away um, by removing mm, yourself, mm-hmm. you're taking away somebody else's um, what everything, you know, Abs- because you've been everything mm-hmm. to that person. So you're, you're taking away somebody's happiness and, 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 um, and so definitely expect pushback, you know, to the point where they're there. I mean, I, I've seen it, I've seen it just many times to where it has, you know, gotten, it could get, um, it could, it could get abusive. It, it could, could get, mm-hmm. you know, with either verbally or physically, you know, mm-hmm. emotionally, it, it a lot of times does, um, Correct. especially when you're taking away somebody else's, um, somebody else's, uh, uh, lifeline, um, and here's, here's the thing I, you know, having been a part of C, uh, celebrate recovery for, for a while there and last year's summit was so good because they talked a lot about the, the cycles of, of, of codependency. And, and it was so, cause you're expecting to go into celebrate recovery and hear all of these testimonies about, um, you know, addiction and, and drugs and alcohol, but there mm-hmm. are so many people that are involved in celebrate recovery that really needed freedom and liberation from codependency and it's because it's 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 one it's a it's a an addiction to you know it's 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 a person confusing to a person (laughs) it is um and and but the 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 inventory that you take when you're doing when you're going through the step study the inventory that you take and you're like you start identifying wow my worth was in this person or why Mm -hmm. this is that's so helpful so if you don't know where else to turn um that is a really excellent resource um to to help you and give you the tools to, to, to separate, um, and, and, and create balance in, in Absolutely. that relationship. And, and, you know, I'll give you a couple, um, Melody Beatty is probably one of the, uh, she wrote a book called codependent no more, and she's a widely recognized resource on codependency. Uh, now her book does have spiritual principles in, in, in the book, although she, it's not necessarily writing it from a Christian perspective, uh, but she does have spiritual principles in there that I think make it uh, uh, worth being able to understand uh, what it looks like to step away from a codependent relationship, especially one that might be uh, connected with narcissistic behavior on the other side of it. Um, you know, those are difficult moments. Um, Henry Cloud, John Townsend wrote a book called Boundaries. Allison and I'll be talking more about this as we go into our next sessions that we're going to talk about literally on boundaries. So I won't steal all the thunder there. However, that setting boundaries is a huge, huge, huge key uh, to so many of these types of behaviors that we've been talking about, especially when it comes to codependency. Um, and then um, um, Anne Catherine, wrote a book, uh, where to draw the line, how to set healthy Mm -hmm. boundaries every day, uh, which again, not exclusively Christian, but a lot of Christian values wrapped up in her book, which I think is worth it. Uh, and then Lisa Turkhurst has kind of stepped into the light in the last year or two. Uh, she started a podcast on, uh, counseling and she's gone. If you know her story, she's gone through some rough waters and she's got some really wisdom as a person who's walked through some things and she's written, um, some, you know, some great books, the best. Yes. Unglued. Um, is a really great re- uh, book that she also wrote on emotional balance. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, that may be another uh, opportunity to kind of speak into some of these kind of things. If you find yourself feeling like, 
okay, you know, where am I? How do I, you know, where do I go from here? Um, yeah. You know, uh, I, I mean, we can do our, you want to do our little quiz, Allison? That's, to, that would be so helpful. Yes, okay. absolutely. So well, last time we did this, we thought it was helpful. Uh, we're just going to do a little quiz. So maybe you're I find trying that, to I figure out. I found out I was mildly addicted to coffee. Which you're mildly addicted that, to coffee, so. right. Let's so we're going to just a little self, you know, obviously this is not scientific. Okay. Uh, but, um, it's just a little self-assessment quiz that, that helps you to understand, do I think that I might be codependent in some areas or have codependent tendencies? Okay. Just because you have some tendencies doesn't mean you're actually codependent, but these are areas in your life you need to be aware of and say, you know what, if I'm not careful, I could drift into this. So here we go. Number one, I often prioritize other people's needs and desires above my own. I often prioritize other people's needs and desires above my own. Every mom in the building is going, yes. Okay, uh, check number one. Okay, number two, I find it difficult to say no or set boundaries even when it's necessary. Even when it's necessary, I find it difficult to say no or to set boundaries. Number three, I often feel responsible for the happiness and the well-being of others. There it is. We've talked about that one. I often feel responsible for the happiness and well-being of others. Number four, I feel anxious or uneasy when I think someone might be upset with me. I feel anxious or uneasy when I think someone might be upset with me. Uh, number five, I tend to avoid conflict to maintain harmony, even if it means suppressing my own feelings. I tend to avoid conflict to maintain harmony, even if it means suppressing my own feelings. Number six, my self-identity is often tied to how much I am needed by others. So my identity or my worth is often tied to how much I am needed by others. Number seven. I tend to give advice or to help others even when it's not asked for. Uh, that's a fun one. Um, uh, I tend to give advice or to help others even when it's not asked for. Uh, number eight, I find it hard to express my true feelings or needs to other people. All right. Um, and number nine, I have a fear of being abandoned or rejected by those I care about. Number 10, I often feel guilty when I take time for myself or I pursue my own interest. Okay. So now these are just really high level. This is not a deep dive. These are just, hey, do I find myself saying yes to three or four or five of these questions? And if so, and then what I know about myself is there may be some areas in my life where I lean into uh, the ability to be codependent if I'm not careful. And uh, that doesn't mean I am. It just means I have the, I could have some of those tendencies. Most of the time, what we find is if you, if you start putting a bunch of these together, then you yeah. probably do, you know, one here, one there, probably not. Uh, but when you start putting them together, you know, you start finding yourself going, Ooh, I think yeah. I'm, I'm, I could lean into this really easy if I'm not careful. And I think that's, that's so important, just as we say, to identify and, and be honest about, um, about it, because it's, uh, that's, that's the way, that's where you start. Um, and that's where you start mm -hmm. with any type of recovery, whether it's dependency or addiction or, or codependency or addiction or whatever, um, you have to be able to recognize it, um, be vulnerable yep. and honest and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to need help. I either need to change something 
um, put, you know, put some routines in place, put some patterns in place, put some no's in place, mm -hmm. or I'm going to need to, to talk to a friend um, outside. And, and especially with codependency, I do think because there's the dynamic with an addiction, you're already, it's just you and that thing yep. um, with codependency, it's you and another person. Absolutely. So you're going to have to bring, that's what, you know, that's what Reba was saying. You're going to have to bring in, you know, another person, a support system because, yeah. um, because of that, that extra dynamic there. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, as we kind of close it out a little bit, I want to give you six things that I have seen in almost every codependent relationship I've ever counseled through. Mm. So you're going to see these things. So if you're looking at your relationship with somebody right now and you're saying, Hmm, is this me? Um, maybe you just took the quiz and you're going, oh, okay, I got, a, I got a couple of high scores there, but is this relationship, is it this relationship? So excessive sacrifice. Okay. Excessive is a key word there. We are all called to sacrifice at some level, but excessive sacrifice, meaning that you put your own needs, uh, that could be health needs. It could be all kinds of stuff, your interest, your plans, it is all set aside to cater to somebody else's needs to make, because you want to make sure they're okay. They're not going to be okay if they don't get their way. You following me here? So it's a requirement of excessive sacrifice. The lack of boundaries we've mentioned already. Um, you can't set boundaries with another person. They invade your personal space. Their decisions often lead to frustration or resentment, but it doesn't matter. You still do whatever they say uh, because you don't want to make them unhappy again, uh, or you don't want the consequences of what it'll look like in the relationship. Um, there are a lot of women in a codependent relationship that if they make the wrong call, they're going to get beat, mm -hmm. but they're never going to leave Yeah, because, well, he needs me. Right. And you see this twisted cycle. And uh, so a lack of boundaries. Number three is an emotional distress. Almost always you'll see that person is emotional well-being is so closely tied to the other person that his moods or her moods determine your mood. If they're upset, if they're struggling, you feel anxious, you feel overwhelmed, and you go into how can I fix this so they're happy mode so that we all can be happy. And it is a constant battle for emo it's emotionally distressing relationship in every way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then enabling behavior despite the, the other person's wrongdoing, despite everything that they're doing, whether it be physical abuse, verbal abuse, whether it be all kinds of things, they'll cover up for them. They will clean up after them and they will make excuses for them. If you're in a relationship where you're covering up for someone, you're making excuses for them and you're cleaning up their mess so nobody knows they have one, then that is enabling behavior. And that leads, it, I've never seen a codependent relationship that didn't have that factor in it in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And then of course, the person, you've got this low sense of self-worth. You have no idea who your identity is in Christ because your identity is totally connected to the approval of the other person. Right. And the only way you feel validated is when they acknowledge you. And even if they've just smacked you across the room, then they'll come over and hug you and say, baby, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hit you. I shouldn't have hit you. I, you know how I am. I just lost my mm -hmm. temper, but I really love you. And in that moment, you may be blood running down your mouth and your eyes pounding. But what you do in that moment is say, oh, I feel good about that because I know they love mm -hmm. me and they didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Okay. That's struggle. That's, that's, that's the, that's the strong side of that, of the reaction mm -hmm. there. And then the last one, which I think I've never seen it without it is a fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. um, you're scared they're going to leave you. They're, you're scared they're going to walk away from the relationship. And so you won't do anything to let that happen. 
So your job is to constantly, it's fear driven. Okay. Uh, That fear will keep you trapped in a relationship that's completely unhealthy for you because you so are afraid they're going to abandon you. And you'd rather have them and all their brokenness than nobody. And that's the greatest fear for you. And so if any of these things right here that I've just said are like, man, that's where I'm at in this relationship, then I would encourage you go and go get counseling, go talk to somebody privately that you can trust. And if you're in a situation where you're getting abused in some way, you need to get out of that relationship. And I don't, I don't mean that you walk away and, you know, file divorce papers. What I do mean is that you get somewhere safe and you get some help and you find out, you know, it, can we save this? Is this, this is, do we have a future here? Uh, If you're in a relationship that is not a marriage and you're, and you're going through some of this stuff, you need a support system to help you walk away from that relationship. Absolutely. No questions at all. Uh, You need to seek help because again, we've said it, I'll say it again. I've never, I have never seen anyone successfully get through this without support system in place. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's so, it's so strong, but I feel like it needs to be because of just the dynamics that we've been talking about when, you know, the power of codependence and it's not something that just goes along. Codependence is not something that, um, that just kind of floats. It, I, I feel like that's why I said it's a vortex because it's something that gets deeper and stronger, the longer mm-hmm. it lasts and um, the taker is stronger and the giver is less, you know, and, and so mm-hmm. that dynamic, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger to where it's, um, it, it can't, it can't, it spirals. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why, you know, and I feel like Reba, that's why you, you, you got so serious in those last few moments, because I really do believe that even if it's right now, I just see tendencies. Yeah. Um, we're telling you where it leads, you know, yes. and it mm-hmm. doesn't like it, you know, it, it's not, uh, and I feel like, you know, our, a healthy relationship has ebbs and flows and comes and, you mm-hmm. know, and Hey, we're really communicating well right now. And we really did it. And it has, you know, these things, now, codependency is different. It gets it gets worse, and 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 that there's a stronger pull, and that's why we're saying identify it early or identify it and try to get that help as soon as you can, because it's not like it's going to get better no. on its own. No, it never will. Yeah, it it, it really never will get better uh, unless there's a change that happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, and ultimately, from that spiritual perspective, Allison, our who sits on the throne of our life yeah. should be God, right. Yeah, not another person. It shouldn't person. be us, and it shouldn't be another person. Yeah, no, it it can't be, and so that makes it sinful on both sides. The person who wants our codependency, they're sitting on their own throne, and for us, the person who we are codependent to means they're sitting on our throne. And yeah. uh, either way, it's sinful, it's wrong, and we've got to figure out ways to kind of break that relationship off. And so, um, you know, our hope is that you find healthy healing relationships that help us grow spiritually so that we can do all those one another things that scripture also yeah. asks us yeah, to do. in a healthy way serve one another pray for one another love one another um but that's again that's what we should all be doing that's what a healthy relationship does with um in the body in the body of christ no absolutely and so um yeah this has been uh you know this has been helpful um, I didn't, I, I'm, I don't have codependency tendencies. I, I took the quiz again. Um, I was like, no, no, no. Yes to that one. But most, you know, yeah. but at the same time, I think that was a really helpful quiz just to say, okay, but prayerfully 
look at, look at your relationships, mm-hmm. look at your friendship, look at your marriage. Um, if you're, uh, your partner, whatever, what have you. Um, and then just ask the Lord because he is like Reba said, he is on the throne and he should be on, he, he should be on the throne of your life. And, uh, and so next week we will be talking about boundaries. And so it's going to be a super practical. There's going to be, yeah. um, and there's probably some quizzes in there too. I'm hoping. Um, but yeah, anyways, you know, I'm going to so, try, I, I yeah. we got it. We're on a roll here with these quizzes. So I'll keep trying yeah, to come with some like quizzes, it. but yeah, uh, you know, stay tuned for next week because, uh, it's really, uh, some key tools. I love giving people a practical tool to be able to, I hate saying, okay, here's our problem. What do we do about it? Well, right. I don't know, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, so next week there's uh, these tools that we're just going to unpack for you uh, that hopefully are going to help you. Okay. What does it look like to set a boundary and how can I do this in creating these great things in my relationships? Boundaries are biblical. They're fantastic. And I'm excited to dive into those next week. It's good. All right. Well, listen, thank you guys so much for joining us today on Rooted Deep. We hope to see you next week as we talk about uh, there's these different topics. Keep diving in. But until we talk to you again, stay Rooted Deep. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.